0: It
1: doesn't matter if it's raining or it's fine, just as long as you've got time to P-L-A-Y. Play away, play away, play away,
2: play play away, play away, play away, play away. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fools Daily. I am joined by the delectable Matt. It's hot. (laughs) It's a million degrees.
3: million and four.
2: Um... And then we have a veritable horde of special guests. Last episode, we only had one special guest. This time, we have an entire games company talking to us. Well, pretty much. Um, As we're joined by the lovely gentleman from Paranoid Miniatures. Gentlemen, hello.
1: Hello. Hello.
2: So, it's been a while since you've been on the show. 'Cause you've been doing like Kickstarters and launching a game and everything. Absolutely. So um we may we may have a new listener, you never know. So if you can just do a quick introduction as to who you are, um so that when people hear your Dulcet tones, they know who's speaking.
0: Okay, I'm Mark. I'm Jeff.
4: I'm Dom. And I'm Gareth. And
5: we are (laughs) paranoid miniatures. miniatures.
4: Oh, that almost (laughs) worked.
2: We
1: haven't practiced that at all.
2: (laughs) We are. I can see it. You see, we are paranoid miniatures, and then you launch. They're like
3: like a really naff boy band.
2: (laughs) A very old one as well. Well, I don't know. Mrs. Marshall went and saw Take That last week, and. They're I think like everybody
1: fa- went to see Take That last I, week, didn't they?
2: It did, well, it did appear that the whole of Norfolk went to see Take That. So. The
1: whole no, of, I did the, not. All of the females from Norfolk and Suffolk oh. were at Carra Road. Yeah.
2: Every, <laughs> I think every single one of the teaching staff at one of the schools that I'm involved with, I think they were all there on Friday night. <laughs> wow. <laughs> odd. Anyway. So, yes, we are joined by the world's dodgiest boy band. <laughs> um I like that. I've got to go with that. Um To discuss Mythos. Um which is your new game.
1: Absolutely, oh, is it... yep. Yep.
2: Is it... Yeah, it's, it's not it's... new anymore, is it? Well, We've been you...
3: talking about it for how long's it been now? Two years? From Probably conception like that, yeah. to When yeah. when was it Salute before last, wasn't it, where you were were there with just kind of concept art and Pre Kickstarter,
1: yeah, yeah, two years ago we were there with the Sea Queen as a as our That's first right, model yeah. to production. Yeah, and then last, and, year, uh, last,
2: year, last year, um, you launched Kickstarter. Yep, that was stupid. <laughs> I did tell
5: you beforehand that was not the best idea. Yeah, but we always learn best by making huge mistakes and having to deal with the consequences.
3: <laughs> That's actually and... a mantra for my life, so I'm with you on that <laughs> one. <laughs> A series of huge. It all insights. turned out
1: all right in the end. All well, okay. I was glad we're we added
5: out. a month; otherwise, we'd have been trying to fulfil it at Kickstarter
1: like yeah. next
2: year as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now, and now we're in the lovely position that all the Kickstarter people have got their figures.
1: They have indeed.
2: Um. They can pre-order. People who weren't on the Kickstarter can order from the website. Is it still? They pre- can. It's still pre-order.
1: Yeah, I um, don't know when this is going to go out, but it will uh, Oh, it's, it'll go out, it's going
2: uh, out tomorrow, because... Oh, cool.
1: It finishes on Wednesday.
2: Um, probably
1: about 10 o'clock in the evening.
2: Okay. So, um, Paranoid Minches
3: Tomorrow, dot, when you're listening tomorrow, it will finish tomorrow. Wednesday, yeah, Wednesday evening. Tomorrow's
2: Tuesday, Matt?
3: Yes. So, if you put it out tomorrow, it will finish on Wednesday, which is also tomorrow to the listeners. Try and oh, keep up. I'm
2: very... So, I'm... Oh. I'm in mourning over Brian Cant.
3: Yes, That's it. Which,
2: which is why the, the theme music for this episode is the Playaway theme. tune. Oh, nice, nice. Um,
1: anyway. I think the others are too young, to be fair.
2: Bloody youths.
3: Kids these days.
2: <laughs> so, you could, people have got the miniatures. You can go and buy. You're, you can go and pre-order them, and then are they, they're going to go and release a, like a regular thing at some point. Yeah.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Now, we wanted to um, give people the chance because obviously with the Kickstarter, we, we fulfilled everything, um, had a, a little bit of stock left over, but not enough to do a full-on pre-order campaign or, you know, full-on campaign. So that's why we decided to go down the route of having a, a short window of sort of two weeks to allow people to get uh, their orders in and then a very short sort of production window of about five weeks or so to, to uh, turn it around and get models into people's hands.
2: Um. So, uh, there's been people. I've certainly seen quite a lot of feedback about the game. Mhm. Um, Facebook group is pretty active, actually. For yep. for a brand for a brand new game.
1: Yeah, We are the hidden ones. Little plug there.
2: Yes. That's all right. I'm. am putting the gonna, show notes. I'm putting you in because I like you. I'm putting you in the show notes and everything. <laughs> oh, excellent. Um, Matt and I have played. We played last week.
3: We did.
2: So, I suppose the first question is: How do you? How from your point of view, how has it all gone?
1: Um, take the sort of few strands of the, pro- the project. Obviously, you've got the design and production of the miniatures, um, and that went uh, really well. We, had, we hit a couple of speed bumps during the course of the the year, the year, but nothing that we hadn't factored in and in fact you know we we it allowed us to create um sort of redundancy through the process now whereas we, we've got access to, to more people we've got access to more processes uh so from the production side of things the miniatures that that went uh, as well as really really as we could have hoped um with the sculpting we learned a lot of stuff during through the course of the sculpting process and then on to production we did we did learn a as each faction we did we we learned even more, even more um so that that went well um we decided partway through the year to give something back to backers although we were giving free models out to people that back to a certain level we also wanted to give something else away and we thought the a physical rulebook would be um a nice gesture to 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 say thank you to people um so that was an addition that we put in and the production and pr- the producing and production of that again went as well as we could we could have hoped for um in in sort of delivering a final final product free of free of charge to people um and then obviously we've got the game game design which i'm sure we'll we'll talk about in a bit and i'm going to let some others talk while i uh have a think about that <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay so so let's take let's take this through. i mean first off you have to i mean you have to be congratulated that you have taken a concept yourselves and turned it into a playable game with actual real miniatures that people have got in their mm-hmm. hands and stuff yeah without really any background in the games industry without using one of the big production people like you know various other people have done yeah. You've done. You've effectively done it all yourselves, and you know, reg- regardless of anything that happens beyond that, you have to be applauded for that because it's massive. It really Thank is. Thank you. Thank you. Um, no,
1: that's appreciated. It's uh, the five of us. Yeah, definitely. We 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 draw our own path, and you know, we had lots of contact. You know, when we go to salute and other trade shows, you meet up with people and you talk, and you know, it's. There is a community out there for indie producers and you know we've been talking to lots of other companies, but yeah, no, we you know we've done done we've done the fulfilment ourselves. Actually Gaz is flat done the fulfilment. Um <laughs>
5: yeah. yep, still not a room that is a warehouse.
1: <laughs> um so yeah, we were doing twelve hour days towards the end of that. Um packing, checking, or when I say checking, packing. You know, and, and getting everything sorted. So, yeah, was, uh, that was a, a busy couple of weeks.
5: So yeah, I mean, The post office was really happy when I turned up with 112 boxes.
1: Yeah. I'm
5: sure they were.
2: <laughs> well, they were when they gave me the receipt afterwards, anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, and, so let's, ta- let's tackle the, the bits in order, and we'll give yeah. Mark time to think about games design, so we'll do that last. <laughs> um, first off, miniatures um what worked well for you and what didn't work well for you so if you were if we, you know with hindsight what would you change about where you went with the miniatures
5: um i think with the miniatures we we did take a lot on board from the community that we had at the time um, we talked through stuff like what the game's based around which is horror and the fact that most monsters in most horror games are not Horrific in in any real terms. They're they're bulked out and cartoony in a way. Um, and the community did say that you know that was that was something that really with this type of game they wanted a bit more Lovecraft. Mm-hmm. So we transitioned to true scale from uh, what was originally you know 28 heroic, what you'd expect. Uh, so yeah, lots of lessons to be learned from there. Um, and that was a gradual process from the first miniatures, which were the Priory all the way through to the last miniatures, which were the hidden ones. And to be honest, it's still an ongoing part of what we're looking at. Um, I think you'll see transitions in poses and how models are built to try and protect more brittle areas that you're going to get with true scale miniatures. They're not really your chuck in a case and shake up and walk to an event. They're more of a boutique set that you get one of the good carry systems for. And, um, when you look at some of the stuff that some of the final models, especially such as say click clack, he has a number of tentacles on him that are quite thin. And, you know, you're looking at using tweezers to put them on, but the way he's been built means that the arms actually protect them because his claws are in such a shape that unless you slide some up through the gap, specifically, if he was to rattle around, even those, those smaller areas would be well protected. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, we got redundancy, like Mark said, in uh, what sculptors we use and the uh, the direction and how to go through the performers and what you expect from a sculptor, how to deal with each individual one and uh, how to give feedback was was a large part of a large learning process for us.
2: Is everything 3D, is everything digitally sculpted? Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, I would um, say it is
5: the way ahead. Uh, um, that, and That's no disrespect to to the original methodology, but um, when you think of, our first model had 26 items that needed to be changed, um, because we worked not quite um, zinging at the time with the guy that we were using, so our, our ideas and his ideas, we were trying to get them together, and get our understanding of what we could and couldn't do as well, and uh, if that had been a physical sculpt, making 26 changes, of which two or three would have been quite drastic... Would have been a you know a resculpt of whole yeah. sections of the model mm. rather than a, you know come back in two or three days and I'll have that sorted for you. Right. Okay.
2: And how about um, the way they've been cast and the material and things?
5: Yeah, I think um, we're pretty happy with what they are. They're a high level of resin with a low level mix of plastic. So when they do. If you do drop one and it does break, it generally has a really clean, sharp, flat edge, which means reattachment's good. They've got a level of flexibility in them, which I found with um, Abigail, because she has a pickaxe out quite wide, and with the Crypt Guardian, the large bug leader, um, because when I initially stuck myself to him, as well as put his legs on, (laughs) and then swore for half an hour trying to cut myself off him, um, I got the legs at the wrong angle initially, because I was swearing and and other things, moving around the house, trying to kick stuff out of the way. And, um, yeah, once I prized myself off him and I found that the angle was wrong, there was still enough flex in it without them breaking to, to put it to the right position and just pin the feet instead, um, which was happy because, you know, I'd already lost blood and other things to it. So I was quite happy to keep it rather than stamp on it.
2: Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, certainly from my point, I mean, I've built two sets so far. And you know, I mean, they 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 are very nice. Um, I did break one. Um, Professor Lazarus, I want to say. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. Was it the sword? I think. Yes, it's the it's sword yeah.
4: Boing! <laughs> um,
2: Okay. But I I I, I rebuilt I rebuilt that, um, and so I, I built the priory. They were they were far they were fine on the whole. Um. Apart from apart from breaking his sword cane, um, on the hidden ones, what did I have? Um, M- Molly's tentacles are a bit of a pain. Yeah, I think that's a tweezer job. Uh, it's just it's, to get the angles. It's to and get well. well it's, to the... it's it's the thing that I actually struggled with, and I had to go back to the website and look at the renders, and then look at the pieces, and the, which tentacle goes where. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah that yeah. Was, that was a but it but that wasn't my biggest bugbear. and this is this is really with the assembly this is really my only bugbear. it is click clack and mm-hmm. which leg goes in which bloody hole <laughs> because they are, because they
5: don't large, I suppose I should uh if, when you look at the image the largest ones at the front and they go to the rear and as they're assembled on the sprues when you buy them uh, the largest one is at the front, and they get gradually smaller to the rear. So you get the angle of the crab.
2: But when you're putting them in, the, th- the you I got that. But when you're putting them in, getting the angle so that he sits right is a real pain in the backside because it's a because you've gotten for a a circular ball joint that it's going yeah. into rather than a square. Yeah, where, it's, you've, where you've done the yeah. cut. Whereas if you had a square, obviously it would fix the leg in the right position.
5: Yeah, so that was a balance of what do we give people Posability or uh, same pose but consistent and easy. Oh, I, to wish put I
2: wish you'd give me consistency because I, <laughs> I was I was swearing like a trooper putting that one together, and I haven't I, think, even, I haven't even dared put his eyes on. Frankly, <laughs> I've just gone. No, he looks fine like
5: that. There's a few said that. Um, I think um, yeah, it's. This is always the problem of the balance between what do you want? do you want everything that we 've done has been up to a point as much feedback from the community as possible and practicable um, but you know some stuff has got to come down to well what do we do? do we make it so it 's fixed every time or do we give it some possibility so que- people can put terrain and one of the things we thought of was with the especially with click clack and with the um, uh, the Crypt Guardian was a lot of people these days for these types of models generally use a resin base.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep.
5: Um so we we it was a conscious decision to do the ball joints, even though it makes it awkward on multi limb Our multi-limb multi-lim creatures are a pain in the ass to build I find when you get yeah. past sort of two. Um and nice. yeah having a having click like with eight legs really doesn't help. But at the same time we you know, we have to give we wanted to give people those options and if we'd have done a square base with a fixed peg and a fixed height with a flat surface on the bottom, um, we were worried that we'd take away people's ability to do what they wanted with the models. But um, yeah, it's always going to be a some people will like it, some people see, won't. You
2: can, always, you can always cut pegs off, you see.
5: <laughs> well, this is true, yeah. This,
2: no, they, they, I mean, you know, I'm, 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 I'm joking but I'm being, serious. I'm being serious as well. You know, I mean, I, yeah. Have, yeah. I have, I have fat fumble God. fingers, and so putting 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 him together was re-annoying.
1: Yeah, we we, we we've the done a...
2: at the end when you'd finished, as in relief and stuff. Like that. No, it was it was more. A, oh, thank God, I haven't got to build any more like that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: we, <laughs> okay. We've done when we, we we've done a few shows recently, and you know, um, we're being honest to people when we're talking to them about the game and the models, and you know if. If somebody was to come up and say, you know, this is my very first war game and, you know, me and my eight-year-old son want to, to play it, you know, would you, you know, th- these models are sort of like a, you know, they're, they're not a beginner's model to put together for all those reasons you two have sort of both discussed, I think would be a fair, fair representation. You you do need some some modelling few to, uh, to put them together.
2: Yeah, I mean... Once they're together, they're excellent. I mean, I I honestly thought that Priory were going to be my faction, and then when I put the Hidden Ones together, that was <laughs> it, because they are outstandingly good models.
1: There's nothing wrong with your wrong opinion, Mike, at all.
2: Uh, <laughs> Priory designer cutting in there from Mike? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, I'm re- the, hidden, the Hidden Ones, from from a model point of view, I was really, really pleased with. I really like Molly. And um, I really like the uh, Doc Doc Queen, Doc, Doc, Doc Queen. yeah. Dockland Queen. I really like. her. I like the net that she's got on her. And, <laughs> um, at some point, maybe in the future, I might even paint her.
1: <laughs> well, you've got that. You've got that painting sort of vibe going on at the minute, haven't you? Sam? I have. At
2: the mo- I have at the moment, but unfortunately. unfortunately uh... Mythos is well down the queue. Because, well, I've only had the figures a few months. I've got figures from 20 years ago that I need to paint first. (laughs) You're you're behind, boys. Sorry. I think one thing that we've found
5: from the community is that they take very well just to doing sort of a lighting effect. Just to get started, you know, spraying spraying grey and then doing a white... they call it. Zenith Shading. Yeah, yeah, Zenith Shading. They found a lot of people have have done that and even then just chucking on a wash on some of the characters just brought Mm. them to life and I think it helped having quite a lot of detail means a wash does a lot of the work for you if you don't want to spend a lot of time on them.
1: I mean, you talked about the sort of fan page and we couldn't couldn't believe it. You know, we'd, we'd sent out the Kickstarter to people and we'd staggered it so uh, the furthest distance away uh, was sent first and then, then Europe and then the UK. Um, and so they'd all gone out by, by the Sunday of the weekend and by sort of Thursday, Friday of that week, we were having people posting up sort of, fully painted factions and stuff like that, which we couldn't. Just blew our socks off, really. That... Yeah, I mean,
3: was... the, sculpts, the sculpts are cracking and I could see that they would be a pleasure to paint. Um, You know, the the detail is really nicely done on them. Um, It's, I don't know what the, what the correct sculpting term is, but you know, it's, it's like a deep cut. It's a very obvious detail, even on the kind of unshaded, non undercoated, just stuck together figures, you can see where, you know, where you would want to put paint. And I think, you know, some, sometimes with some of the softer or the, the less, the less detail you you lose that on some of the stuff that we've seen recently. So
1: we definitely um, had a lot of design discussions about how how well each and every model would take things like washes, yeah. like as was saying, because you know people people like to lay base coats down now. There's a few tried and tested techniques of you know laying base coats down, then shading, then doing some some a bit more highlighting, and then going back. And so you know just doing sort of two or three different processes you can get to the model to a really really good standard without without a lot of effort
2: silence
3: yes sorry i was deep in thought oh. <laughs> it's, ra- it's a rare occurrence yeah.
2: so what, what what faction do you think it came out the best what one's closest sorry that's an unfair question let's try what one's closest to your um the concepts that you had in your mind
1: I think we've probably all got a different take on this question. Um.
2: (laughs) We've had something similar. When Mark and I recently
5: went to... Where the hell did we go to? Uh, UK Expo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mark's son was in the back. And (laughs) for some reason, he latched on Mythos the whole journey. And we designed a whole faction and all sorts in the time it took us to get there. For him specifically. Uh, But his questions were, Dad, what's your favourite? Gaz, what's your favourite? Why are they different?
1: You know, yes. it was like that for
5: everything. Yes. Which ones do you think turned out the best? And we'd have a different answer. Um, it's, <laughs> uh, I think for me, as a complete package in how they go together, how they look, and the character they bring, for me, the Order, of the Enlightened Path, the Cultist group is probably my favourite.
1: Yeah, I've got to agree with that as well. For, for all those reasons, just the models look look. The models just look how we wanted them to look. There. James, who sculpted them, was just, you know, just was on the money with it all all the way through. And they've got a, um, you know, they've got a completely different wire feel of how you play them in game as well. They've got a couple of really quite unique mechanics. Well, they are unique mechanics for them.
2: Now, were they the ones that were released due to people buying extra stuff through the pledge manager?
1: Yes, Yeah, yeah. We managed to unlock those. Because um, we did a we did a sort of unlocking thing during backer Kit. If we hit a certain amount, we we said we'd unlock another faction, which we did. And yeah, it was the order that were the next on the on the list.
2: Right. So they're the ones I don't have then. Yeah. Right. See. Okay. Which means that I need to pre-order them. <laughs> 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 that's how we build them up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we <already> done that. <laughs> yeah.
1: They're currently they're currently the only faction that where the the actual leader starts on his flip side. Mm, okay. And he interacts with all the other models Yeah, there's well. a
5: lot more interaction with them. They're man-catchers. So if a ritualist, which is one of the other models, or one of the two girls, gets an attack on something held by a man-catcher, they get bonuses because the man-catcher has a, sort of a long stave with a hooked element on the end that traps the person. Uh, and the person has to try and break away from it. But if the leader or if the um, the two girls get close with their hooks, they do additional damage because they're basically controlling them. So they have they have quite a lot of uh, synergies within that faction.
2: Cool. Okay. So. So that's so that's that's sort of the models. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about the rules. Actually, no. Let's not talk about the rules straight away. Um. Matt, I think, is in love with your card design. <laughs> oh yes,
1: <laughs> yeah. Another couple of design decisions there. We, um, we were, we were always going to do stat cards. Always going to do character cards. Um, you know, when we, when we entered into the process, we were, you know, sort of thinking about similar things to other companies. You know, standard sizes, tokens on the board. Um, you know, all those sorts of things. And as we, as we went through it, um, we. There was a couple of reasons. Obviously, we've got the flip mechanic, um, yeah. which means you, the, the wounds and the sanity. Unless you have a way of tracking it on both sides, um, it, it, was, it was a bit difficult. Um, and, you know, we wanted to also clean up the table. So, you know... No, we'll... no,
2: no, 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 no. no. <laughs> More tokens! <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, yes, yes. Um well, that was, you know, that was the, that was the decision we took, you know, because we wanted to, to keep the, the, the table, uh, the narrative on the table um, and sort of not, not have things on it that might break away. But obviously, other games that use tokens are perfectly, you know, uh, perfectly, you know, welcome to use it's them, right. I'm sure. That's right.
2: right. I've come up with a plan for a Mythos counter. <laughs> <laughs>
1: there we go. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> I think
2: you can always add tokens as well. Because where
1: could you where where could you possibly buy this Mythos thing when you design it?
2: Well, I I don't know. How about those bendy board chaps? They're quite nice. I quite like them.
4: I've heard good things.
3: (laughs) So yeah, with the character cards, we
1: we, we sort of also took a design decision based on eyesight that we needed to upscale them as well because. Hmm. There was quite a, quite a bit of information to put onto each character card. Because what we also wanted as well is that everything was on the card. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just keywords. If there was, a, if there was a, a trait or an ability, it actually explained to you on the card. So you didn't have to go diving into the raw Book or booting up your iPad or whatever you were going to be using. So that then moved us down the route of just chucking the sort of standard size cards out and just upscaling them to what we thought was an appropriate sort of level.
3: And that was and directly direct back again. Old man eyes yeah. couldn't read it. Yeah, I mean, from my point of view, it was it was probably the bit of that first game where not it, not that it necessarily it was massively innovative because you know we have character cards in many other different rule sets, but the fact that everything was on there, so you've got the the slightly larger character card. I like the flip mechanic, although you know we've probably got. Some more games to play before we really kind of see the well, benefits of it. Well, Although I did, we played the Golden like, Thing completely wrong, didn't we? Yes, we did. Um, but I did play Angry Kitty Cat quite nicely, uh, so oh, good, I liked good, good. that. Good, good. So yeah, cat, and then cat was yep, that was you quite it. good fun. You got it. Um, but then, but then to have that kind of your, your sanity the slightly smaller sanity wound card which is that standard size so it's easy to sleeve and use a dry wipe on Yeah. but the bit for me was the fact that you flip that and explains what all of the different kind of uh the conditions are yeah. on the card i thought that was that was really nice because as you say there was no requirement for us really from that point of view to refer to the rule books for that at all so that gets a big two thumbs up from me um oh.
1: Just try to make it as accessible as possible, um, you know, and, and we've all, you know, um, been on that, in that situation. We haven't to flip through the rule book. And, you know, when you've got a bit, when we realised we were going to do another tracking card to, to track the conditions and the sanity and the wounds and things like that, we realised we had some real estate on the other side of the card. And we put that to good use by putting all the conditions on there as well, which you could just quickly have a look at.
3: Yeah, that yeah worked, and as you well. say, just mark, marking it on there so you can see, and you know that's that. I like the scalable scalability or the 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 kind of cumulative effect of the conditions, yeah. um, and how you've got the kind of the most severe, which you know it stays on there until you do something to get rid of it, or you've got yeah. the one that just happens to the end of the turn. Yeah, I, uh, to me that that whole condition mechanic and the way it's recorded on the cards, that for me was the kind of thing that made me really kind of go. Well that's really clever I really like the way that's done. I mean the rest of it was all right I suppose as well but, <laughs> but that I particularly liked.
2: Good. Yeah so so the cards are good the printed rule book is nice. Um it was it's nice to have I'm always a sucker for having an actual physical yeah, rulebook. Well,
3: book. You are captain hard copy aren't you?
2: I know. I do I do <laughs> like I do like to have a hard copy so having a having a physical rule book was very lovely. Um now, having we've been not, we've been nice so far. Um, we did have some issues during our. Is game. that the
1: time we've got? Uh, I think it's uh,
2: <laughs> yoga time yet, or we're going into a tunnel. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry, darling. What was that? I'll be there in a sec.
2: <laughs> well, it's all right. You can go. You just won't have a right <laughs> reply when we slap <laughs> you off. <up. laughs>
1: That's why we've got Jeff and Dominic, the rules guys. <laughs> um,
2: we. I'll put, let's put it out of this way. We enjoyed the game. Mm-hmm. Okay, it wasn't. We have played games that we probably haven't even recorded shows about, where we bought a rule set, we've played it once, and then we've just gone. Why would I play that ever again? Yeah. Okay. We didn't do. We didn't do the. Why would I ever play that again?
1: Okay, that's a good. That's a good start. So, star. so no, promising.
2: I mean, you know, we like. We like. We like the. We like the, we like the models. We like the. um the whole background of it mm. um and there are some things that we're going to you know hopefully discuss that are at the moment are beyond your control because of where you are in the game's life cycle yeah um but there were, there were certain things and to be fair if people have read the um the facebook group um paul I, always get, I can't remember whether it's Paul Campbell or not. I always get with my, two, my two Scottish pools mixed up. Um, Paul put up, Paul put up a, a lot of commentary about it. And to be fair, I agree with a lot of what he says in that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so I thought if we, went through, if we went through it, and you can tell us why we're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and bear um, in mind,
3: we have played one game. Yes, we
2: have, we have played one game. So, matter of interest. What scenario did you play? We played scenario kill. number, one, kill. Scenario, yeah, kill scenario kill. One, scenario one because that's cool. Yeah, it well, just well, helps well. us because we didn't get what
5: scenario. Well, we got what the guy the the feedback of what scenario we played, but not really what factions he used.
2: Yeah. So we, um, so, so
5: we, so we, so, so more information we have, obviously, the more we can make an, you know, really look at it and see see what we what we're dealing
2: with. Yeah, so we put, so we played um, scenario one, which is the kill. Oh, Dave Maguire. Yeah. Um. So we, play, we played we played scenario one, and um. We played Priory versus hidden ones. Matt was Priory. I was the hidden ones. Um. And the board was, you know, it was set up like a Malifaux board, so there was plenty of terrain on it.
1: Yeah, sounds about it's right. It, that's 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 the sort of level of terrain we were aiming for.
5: Yeah. Um, so... is it usable terrain or you're just channeling through between buildings uh, both cool
0: because one we, thing found we found add... the game
5: for our ranged elements is uh, a lot of people are not actually going up to the second floor and firing out of windows which is kind of what the game was designed to do so they, they're just charging into combat all the time um, but it's one of those things we didn't notice and didn't really develop until our playtesters got further down the road and started to see with stuff like portals, where you'll put portals on roofs and in second floors, that suddenly you've got the ranged aspect comes into it a lot more. But it, again, it comes down to a bit of the scenery and a bit of getting out of your some of our gaming habits.
2: Yeah, um, yeah, we had we had rivers, uh, we had difficult terrain, and yeah, we'll yeah. we basically we were playing on my canal board, so. Um, nope. which is you know it's like a dockyard type thing um i'm trying to think, how do work so our biggest my my biggest issues and matt probably has different ones um the two d six system um giving you giving you a about giving you a bell curve is nice because it gives you you know theoretically it gives you a predictable result yeah um if you get if the game is going wrong for you, and it did did for me, um, you know. Well, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Matt actually won a game. This is this is worrying. I love Mythos. I think it's a brilliant game. <laughs> this explains a lot already. <laughs> to, to, be, to be fair, though, Matt's never going to play again, so he can just go. I never lost at Mythos. <laughs> um, there's nothing. There's nothing that you can do to... If you're rolling badly, there's nothing you can do to modify that. Um, and we we found, because the stats are all relatively close together, um, yeah. the the bone. So, if I was attacking with the Dockland Queen, for example, using her arcane attack, she's... I've, and I haven't got the card in front of me. I think she's a 9.
5: She's a 9-7, yeah.
2: Um... But if I'm attacking, I was attacking one of Matt's things. Most of them were sevens or eights, so you're not getting. You know, you know, it's not a big spread. It's not a big spread of numbers. So we were doing very little damage, and she was, you know, her in particular was missing a lot of attacks. And you have this lovely resource of Mythos, but there's no you. And we were discussing, you know, could you spend Mythos to modify the dice rolls or roll an extra d6 or you know those sorts of things. We've yeah. already actually gone through this as a part of our playtest. Well, we thought you we thought you might have, so Yeah,
5: Dom, I'll let John, Dom jump in because he was the one that poo pooed it.
3: <laughs> Put his salt was oh, I don't remember this.
2: Remember Remember
3: the, it was the,
2: the
5: it was the plus one plus one. If you, they do plus one for mythos, then the other person just keeps oh, spending mythos and you end up just getting both getting plus three and it's still the same.
4: That's was, why we ended yeah, up we, getting rid of it. Early on the design, so you have like, uh, some games you have like the rule of three where you can boost it by three, or you can roll maximum of three dice or what have you. So we went through, we tried a number of different things. You could either boost the stat and then your opponent would have a chance to then spend their Mythos and boost their stat in return, and it ended up effectively not changing the result. Um, the other one would to be to add a dice and things like that and it created a lot of one shots through the kind of games that we played right, especially okay. where if you've got a uh, you've got certain models obviously if you've got your arc 9 dockland queen for example is attacking someone with a defensive 6 and they're rolling an extra dice that's kind of game over for the other model but it it was whether early on we had almost similar to Malifaux, where you could spend Mythos to reduce the damage that you would taken. Right. And or boost it. So you'd have this thing where you'd spend... You'd roll your dice, I'd roll mine. I'd spend dice to boost it. You'd spend dice to boost yours. And after spending five minutes doing that, basically nothing had happened, because you'd cancelled out all of the advantages. So it it was... It was a conscious decision from the point of view where we didn't want you to spend all your game time rolling dice, spending Mythos, and then at the end of it, nothing had happened. Mm -hmm. Which does tend to happen a lot in other games if you can absorb all the damage. Yeah.
5: And we've also transitioned from a D10 system, which is what it originally was as well. I'll let Dom talk about that.
4: Yeah, so initially it was a D10, and... The reason we changed to 2D6 was, like you say, because of the curve. It's like, Whilst, obviously, you can roll double 1s and...
1: Mm. Double 6s.
4: And... ...of that. Um, if someone rolled a 1 and someone rolled a 10, you would be losing a model straight away. So that's why we moved to the 2D6, to create a little more evenness.
3: And in fairness, when we were discussing it afterwards, we talked ourselves in and then back out of that kind of discussion, referencing... Frostgrave. Frostgrave. As, ah, yes. That was the one complaint from Frostgrave with the, oh, the d20, d20, is it is so swingy.
4: Terrific, yeah. It's the one-shot potential, which we wanted if you roll well to be able to take at least one huge hit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, we wanted to be able to do it with a little bit of setup. So you get mm-hmm. the charge, you get a buff from somewhere and then maybe you can kill something outright but you probably won't. And again that was that?
1: sort of based on feedback from we were the playtesters we were having at the time and the people we had a playtesting group on online as well. Um and, and you know a lot of feedback personally we've had is, you know, people don't tend to like, you know, one shot kills. Um mm. you know, if you spend a week painting a model to to take them down to your local gaming club, you put them on turn one and take them off again. It's we've we've tried uh, we've tried as much as we can to sort of remove Negative gameplay. Mm -hmm. Uh, At
4: one point, we doubled all of the wounds of each model just to be able to take hits. um, Because at the end of the day, it is designed specifically to be an objective-based game. I know you played the kill scenario. It's obviously part and parcel of every skirmish game. But um, yeah, it's more so you can be maneuvering around the board, take a couple of hits and survive, even though you might have maybe gone insane, Mm. and then be able to carry out that objective. I think
5: the mm. other thing is uh, having it interactive at all times. So every roll you're making, your opponent's rolling is not just taking the hits. Um, that's something else we tried to maintain. So stuff like disengaging strikes, mm. the live combat method, where you're both rolling at the same time, being able to dodge even after a range attack has missed. Or, you know, it's, it's all reactionary. You've got this inbuilt reaction system um, that means often that in a punch-up, even though you didn't start there, come in with the hit, you can yeah. come out of it on top, you know. That's that's another part of what we would try to maintain throughout the game.
3: So it's in So it's kind of incrementally attritional. How about that? Nice. By by design, so that actually it is that, you know, you've got that ability they're not gonna knock seven by seven shades of VCs yeah. out of yeah. each other yeah. in that first combat.
5: We've winced when we've took 14 wounds in a single hit, bearing in mind that's pretty much what most of the humans, two more wounds, and most humans are dead. That's yeah. half of what the myth is, which is the hardest creatures in the game. And that was from a single action point. Bearing in mind, leaders have three. So, it'd be a... You don't want it overturned two and three because you've gone too killy too early when it's an objective yeah. game, because you're you're so far behind at that point, you're going to be struggling to play out the game with a character down who's you know gonna be a, an extra member of the team that you needed to threaten objectives mm-hmm. and do stuff
1: yeah, so they're, yeah, they're... I
5: think that's that's part of the I think it's probably it sounds silly but it's it's probably unfair to judge on the first five scenarios which were built to get people into the game and give you what you recognize uh, as game types and styles. I think Paul yeah. Jock is very different to all the others in there, and that's more what we're aiming towards this. It, the the game becomes dynamic through its scenarios as much as it does its characters and everything else as well.
3: Okay, well, so that's a fair and well reasoned response. Um, so clearly, Mike is wrong.
0: <laughs>
3: I think it's not the it's not the first time. I'm sure it won't be the last.
4: Yeah, the Priory have more ways of getting re rolls and things. So that's probably if your dice are on the down low as the. Custo
5: are uh, another option because they get re-rolls for objectives uh, because yeah. gar- they've got a guardian rule. So we've actually catered to the bad rollers like Mark Yep. Um, <laughs> with actual four <full laughs> factions that will get buffs and such. Uh, Priory have a lot of board-wide buffs as well for their indicator rules. So yep. you know, um, again, that's to, to help the players as well as give characters and, and, and interest to the faction and, and mm. as part of his background. So I was just playing the wrong faction then. Mm -hmm. Exactly. 100%. Should have stuck with
0: your original instinct.
5: (laughs) 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 And the other thing is, stuff like the Custo Crypto, depending on the game style, because they've got the mutations, you can actually build a faction with them, essentially, to play that game. Because the mutations allow you to get additional fighting characteristics, Mm -hmm. additional movement, additional abilities, and re-rolls around objectives. So if you are that person that struggles to... You know, find your niche. Those ones can become your niche in game.
1: We 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 noticed that when we gave the custo to some friends of ours to playtest. Um, uh, and Wayne we'd all been we'd, yeah, Wayne. Wayne, yeah, Wayne yeah, <laughs> shout out to Wayne. Um, we had been play testing the custo and, you know, running them in little packs and, you know, outnumbering and all this sort of stuff and taking stuff down via close combat. We're testing a scenario around around at mine and he, he just basically used them as a gun line and absolutely annihilated me and with the evolutionary type of stuff you can do with the custo, that, that fast became a, wow, (laughs) that's cool.
5: And again, he started using terrain in different ways. So he was putting guys upstairs in windows. So to get to them, you've got to go out of line of sight, get up the stairs and get to them or portal through. If there was a portal nearby. So Mm -hmm. it suddenly, it became, well, we hadn't done this because we, as a five had been playing for so long at that point, we'd fallen into our habits so it was great to have somebody to come in and put a shotgun to them. <laughs> Quite literally.
2: Okay. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I can, truth, I, can, I can... I suppose the
5: truth of it is, it doesn't get playtested properly until it's in people's hands from, from mm. like the Kickstarter. Um, because we have maybe, what, 10 total, Mark, Jeff, Dom? Probably outside yeah. of us that have yeah. played it yeah. regularly and play tested for us. Yeah. So our pool is so small. Yeah. That you know we're only getting and we have to take the feedback we're getting because it's the only feedback we're getting.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean there, there were there were things. I mean certainly I never felt we I did we did combat so click clack and um, Fisher King fisherman king fisherman king. So they got into combat with. Uh Bertie and um Guardian thing, though we played the Guardian thing wrong.
3: Big um, ass mummy. M-
2: Maharal. Maharal Yeah. yeah. yeah so, yes, so, they, so they were off they were off fighting on one side of the board, and then the other three were basically facing off against the other three. Um and we didn't have any combat over there because we just kept on blasting with Arcane and go and spending the mythos to um
3: So I was setting you on fire quite a lot. To do it again, and I
2: was, (laughs) and I was taking away your AP.
3: Yeah, making me um, fatigue. Fatigue. Yes, I was.
2: Um, Yeah. So we, so we didn't really have it. So we didn't. I didn't. You know, things like the blinding powder, blinding powder, just never even considered because it was never going to be within four inches. And if I was going to be in four inches, then I was just going to get beat up.
5: Yeah. yeah, well, that's an unusual one, because blind means you can disengage for free. So sometimes for the Dockland Queen, it's useful to have to actually allow her to disengage without taking a strike when she's weak, she as an her. example.
1: She uh, also,
5: also, it's good for um, if you blind a model as you go past them, uh, they, they lose their charging bonuses. So it's another buff. So if it was up against a myth, which normally has a low-range defense... Or medium range defense. There's a good chance you can take away its its massive buff if it wants to charge something. Yeah. So there's a couple of good uses for even though it's such a short range, it, because she's got three APs, you can essentially move a and then attack four inches away. So that's yeah. you know it's a twelve inch attack essentially. It's another one of
4: those objective. Got-
2: yeah, I was going to say it probably comes in an objective because there was we saw no reason just not to go blast
4: blast blast.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you're moving her
4: across the board, yeah, so to try and claim an objective you might want to blind a, a ranged attacker. Yeah, no, I could see. I see, corner, I could, that kind of thing. I could see that.
2: I mean, I'm as I yeah. say, I mean, we we've only played that one scenario. So but I mean certainly, I mean, I think that's certainly that's what she did. She just shot things, she blasted things. Uh Molly blasted things. Uh, Lazarus blasted things. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm just feeling a the theme. Cat, here.
3: The cat went mental. <laughs> the cat,
2: the cat yeah. went mental and actually killed her, didn't it?
1: Did it you overextend with like, the cat?
3: <laughs> no, I held, I held it back for a while, and then just when the time was right, I Perhaps. did the equivalent of popping your finger up its jacksie It went mental <laughs> and scratched the bejesus out of her. Nice,
1: um, <laughs> cool. That's cool.
3: The totem
2: thing, I couldn't. I didn't work out a useful th- use for it, other than extending her range. Um,
1: okay, the angler. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Um, okay, yeah. Click, clack. Kill Bertie. Oh, I killed
3: Bertie. Um, that was hurtful.
2: <laughs> You'll find that the angler, most of the familiars,
5: probably, maybe not blood, but are they, they're the fast movers. They're the guys you send first to go to objectives, or to close down a corridor of movement, so that mm. your leader moves up behind them, and they're essentially able to cast through them. Then, so yeah. if you step out in front of it, they're going to at least cast once because you can only do it once. But you're going to take a hit on the way
1: through.
2: Yeah. No. I, 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 yeah. Maybe a lot of the a lot of the issues that we had maybe may revolve around the fact that we were playing scenario one. Mm. Which is good
5: because um, it's the best one to. I think they're always the best ones to start is to have a puncher.
2: Um, we certainly we 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 did our very best to burn all our mythos. Yeah. Um. Because yeah. we were we were just we were just going and then I'll burn a mythos to hit the trigger because I don't think we ever hit the trigger naturally. A Sand trigger. No, the
0: At the critical. The, yeah, uh, whatever. Yeah. yeah, whatever it's called. Yeah.
2: Whatever, whatever it is in your terminology. <laughs> The thing that you do if you get a twelve. Uh, <laughs> <That's yeah. cool.
5: laughs> Bear See, in mind that's on three D six as well. So when you're charging, it's a lot easier to get.
3: Yeah, no, 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 you're no, a Yeah, Mike was on that kind of natural seven bell curve for every time he threw three <laughs> dice.
2: So
5: no, he should no, be happy with the two D six system rather than the D ten. <laughs>
2: Oh no no it's... no! D no no D tens and D twenties. I'm a wizard, Frostgrave, because I can throw a load of nineteens and twenties. Yeah, <laughs>
3: these dice are totally bent.
2: TD six TD six was not nice to me. It really wasn't. <laughs> the amount of the amount of it would not have been good. The amount of number fours and fives that came up. Um, and I'm and I'm going. Oh yeah, so I got plus nine. So that's like a thirteen. And Matt's going, oh, I've got twenty. <laughs> <laughs> um, we did have people go and say now so here's a, is there any way to reduce to get sanity back
0: not at the moment
2: okay no. right okay that's good that's, so we didn't miss something in the rule no, no
1: you've not missed anything <laughs>
2: that's
4: yeah, in the <laughs> asylum after the game
5: Cause I the, think the, <laughs> the tracker the tracker can throw you a little bit as well because there's a lot of dots there
2: yeah
4: and hmm. yet
5: the the trigger point is quite early yeah yeah and I think what a lot of people have not noticed is it's actually half the sand characteristic of the character. Oh, where the dot is? Yeah. Where the dot is. So when you reach half your oh, right. original sand, that's when you're going to start having problems. And then the rest of the dots balance out that if, you, if even you got a double one, but you'd burned enough sand to be all the way up the scale, then you'll still hit the, the critical on the table when you do the what roll did for we, the what did, we, what
2: did we have? We had Dockland, the Dockland Queen took five damage from something, so the sort of the mid-table result. Yeah. Um, yeah, And then I think eventually she went insane.
3: She did go mental, yes.
2: Yeah.
5: <laughs> but we didn't want it just to be straight away, so again, yeah. that the extra dots that make up, I think it's 19 or 20.
1: 20. On our,
5: yeah, you'll hit there, because I think 19 is when you go fully insane and you remove the model and you mm. put what story you want to it, and how it's <laughs> built up. Um, it means that even on a roll of a double one, when you have burned that much sanity, then you got to go. You know, you you're just nothing left.
2: Yeah. So we had we had that we had that, but I mean, we would the we were burning sanity willy nilly. Basically, we were just going, "No, oh, who cares?" Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's that's definitely the way you want to play, especially with Matt with the Priory. You know, with with the Professor. His mm. flip, you know, when he hits the five, if you've if you've got him in that sweet spot, then, you know, we've we've had games before where he's been devastating on it on, you know. Oh, he did. He, yeah,
2: he did get he did get flipped. I don't think I flipped
5: any of mine. And Bertie's another one as well, because he gets basically a charge, a flamethrower,
2: flamethrower he was, shot. He was dead.
3: He was dead, mm. he, was dead yeah, in he, he's got, he got put fatal, fatal case of crab. I get, <laughs> oh, I no.
2: Did I flip any of mine?
1: Well, Fisherman King, you can flip at will. He's got the twin souls, so yeah. You yeah, can yeah.
2: But so you the, the, he was he was he was fighting in combat, so there was no point in flipping to the right. range side. Right. But you always flip into the range straight away because before he'll normally not be in combat before he's throwing stuff. Yeah, but you want him to walk up so he can hit things. But he can still walk <laughs> on the other side. Yeah, he can only, yeah but he can only but, walk once if he's going to throw. If he's going to burn that is, other AP,
5: this is where I'm going to help your rolls as well. Uh, if he starts on the side for the harpooner. He gets a re-roll of his first range attack that turn as well.
4: Yeah.
2: So can I start? Can I start uh, so flipped then? No, you have to start on his normal side. Pay the right, mythos and then to flip, and then pay the mythos to flip it. And like, you'll pay okay. a mythos to boost it, which will
5: give him plus one, plus zero run.
1: But and it's then not. You'll
5: also get a re-roll.
1: It's not. It's not an action point to flip, Mike. Did you? Oh,
5: okay. Uh, okay.
2: Yeah, it's,
1: you, you just pay the mythos mm. and you can it's flip. Just
2: mythos. Okay. So that's a good way of burning his mythos. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So he didn't flip. Oh, the um, did crab flip? Quite quite.
4: When when? Quick, like, um, oh, he flips. Yeah. When you? Yes, because when she, she took wounds, didn't she? she? So she five, yeah, she took, took five or more wounds. She takes wounds. five. Yeah. He so he flipped.
3: went angry crab.
5: Yeah. yeah. And him and the angler get the option That's to right. charge. That's right. The angler was dead. De- the angler was him. dead
2: by that point. Good. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> And and we'd com- I completely played Maharal wrong with that whole. Um, all of a sudden, he becomes a static totem yeah. again. So yeah. that that yeah. really, I didn't read it properly and, until we'd kind of finished. It's and actually, having time. read that, I qu- I really quite like that.
2: Yeah, because because yeah. after the game we were going. Well, how do you flip them? How do you get them to flip? And so that's when we sat down and we were going because we did our usual thing of basically we rocked up with the models we rocked up with the cards <laughs> and then i read i read the rules i read the rules out and went yeah okay we understand that we understand that we yeah. understand that and then yeah, we, we did played. the equivalent
3: of putting an ikea bookcase together without actually bothering to read the instructions so. <laughs> And a few bits left over i'm yeah. sure
1: you read the first sentence of every paragraph
0: <laughs> no no
2: <laughs> like like the, what, we much. got to the, we got to the actions bits and i said okay so you've got 2ap and there's a whole load of actions to do yeah, right, that's fine. We can, we can work that out as we, we go. We can,
1: we can model through.
2: Yeah, yeah. which is basically well, what we did.
5: Maharal's got a real unusual role that we worked out partway through. If you send him out to go to an objective, get it, and then he's got singular purpose against the enemy model that he declared earlier. Yeah. Concentrate everything on killing that model. He now has defense 10 across all his stats because he turns to Storm with an objective yeah. in his hand. Yeah. And anything that attacks him then pees him off and becomes his new singular He therapist.
2: reactivates again, <laughs> yeah.
5: Yeah. So it was something we noticed part way through that a lot of the characters don't really come into their own until you're in an objective-based game with multiple objectives. Yeah. So basically, Matt, you
2: played it wrong by choosing that scenario. <laughs> no. is the best way to good.
1: It's the best way to, start to yeah.
3: and, and you got it completely wrong, Mike, because you're moaning about the double D6 where actually that's a clever design choice. You was
4: <laughs> I was moaning about the double E6. <laughs> I, I, I must have you've missed it. Yeah, you've got to get those re-rolls going. Yeah. If you die support.
5: There's, and there's factions built to allow you to do that as well. <laughs> which,
3: which, which, which brings us, now we're talking about factions, on to the other issue, which is slightly out of your control now. Okay. is You've got five models per faction.
1: Yeah.
3: But that's all we've got at the moment. So the rules say you know you you should have up to five up to five models in your what is it a gang crew what do you, what do we call faction.
5: it it's column of factions
3: okay so as it stands you've got what we you've got the choice of what's out there so what are your plans for expanding factions now
2: yeah no just and just before we get onto that one of the things that we thought and again it's only from one game but you know sometimes you pick up not, other than the flip, other than the, it flips the card, so, you know, the queen take, the queen takes some damage and click-clack gets to flip and do a thing, there yeah. wasn't a massive amount of synergy between the models. Could he quite easily send the models off in five different directions, and they would still perform at possibly 80 to 90% efficiency?
5: Yeah, I think that comes back to some, again, it's down to some of the factions. The grubs get plus two for being in combat with the same model. So they can really stack up quick, and you can be at plus six to combat. Um, but he gets a reroll if he's within line of sight of Abigail. And you know the, there is quite a few. The familiars themselves need to be within line of sight and range of the leaders to be able to be cast through Abigail the order. The order, man well catchers. Yeah. Once they've captured some, the ritualists can come in and cut them and get bonuses by attacking models that are in combat with them. The man catchers can double up to take away stat lines. Um, so there is a few synergies in and around there.
1: Yeah. yeah, the order, the order as well. You know, if they we mentioned about Chester starting off on the the insane side or the flip side. The Cronus on, and you know, if he t- if he takes wounds, he, he will then flip across back to Chester, and then the de- the the demon that's within him is pushed out to the cultist. So then they all flip. So you know, they're they're, they're a highly interactive faction.
5: Um, The Priory have got quite a few The Hidden Ones are the opposite Because they're essentially a group of individuals Um, That's why only certain ones have synergies Molly is a complete They're built on background is the honest answer So Molly came in separate Through a different method with a different creature And in her background she ends up trying to go toe to toe With the Dockland Queen The Dockland Mm -hmm. Queen gives her a good slap And then uh, she falls in line So she's like a, a mercenary almost Type character uh, the Angler and Click-Clack have got a close synergy with her, which they have yep. in-game. You could pull them, and um, we've done it before where the way we did it, I think it was uh, against the, or uh, was it Chironzon? Um He was in base with Click-Clack. She took damage, and everything moved in a specific direction, basically surrounded a model and just crushed it in about a turn and a bit um, because mm. of the synergies that they have. Uh, and the Fisherman King is essentially a all-round loner, Again, he's got the range ability on one side, so he's almost two characters in one. That's his synergy. Same with Zeus, the cat. He's almost two characters in one yeah. in the combat element, and is a more of a scout range finder, rather than just mm-hmm. doing the same thing again on the other side as the Fisherman King. Um, I don't know. I think I think it's because we've driven it by story that people are not quite seeing everything yet.
4: Yeah, I mean, you've got Molly who can heal friendly models within a a range. Oh, it's such a tiny range, yeah. though. Well,
2: <laughs> I mean, it's 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 and it's
0: one wound. How far can that she can really make all the difference? To...
5: <laughs> 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 they are only cockles and muscles She's she can, She's got a huge, great <laughs> tentacles! <laughs> she can lob them further. <laughs> she's she's too busy doing the uh, wailing death. <laughs> if you're finishing base with her with them,
2: <laughs> she was dead before she got into base with anybody. Oh. oh, it's just poor games. Because
3: on, yeah, I agree. Bad <laughs> work Blames Tills.
2: She's actually a tank in
5: combat that just is very good at arcane as well. I bet you used her just for arcane. I didn't do use for
2: anything. She got nuked, did she? Oh, she
4: got blastered.
2: The bloody professor went, oh, I don't like her. Bang, bang, bang.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, you can do that. He can do that.
2: And um it's very satisfying with, when you do. With my I think I think at one point I think in one I think one attack she took nine wounds.
4: Yeah.
2: Oh. But she didn't die just from that. No.
4: She's got eighteen, huh? No, yeah.
2: but but she was uh, well on her way. That was that was just one of his AP, and okay, that's half you, her
4: wounds gone. You heal one, you've still got ten left.
2: No, yeah. because she's got, she got, she's still, got two,
3: she's still got two AP. <laughs> He
1: he is wow. a leader as well. He's yeah, a,
2: he utilized cover. His leader was much better than my leader.
5: This is this is where you, I think this is a big part of the game is um, drawing attention with the right characters and and interacting with the enemy in a certain way. If you just put a character out on their own, they'll generally get nuked in this game. You've really got to think about how you transition around the board.
2: Yeah, Matt.
3: Shut up, uh, <laughs> one. You're a loser. <laughs>
5: wait until until you get the option if you play the portal jockey and end up in base contact with a portal in the middle of a fight you can choose to disengage but you disengage by going through the portal which means you have to randomly roll which portal you come out of and you might come back out of the same one and that's only if you've passed a sand test to make it through and not been hit by a tentacle so there's some real game choices at that point
1: (laughs) that's captured the flag on on steroids
2: that's not right Right, so I no, quite no, like right. the
3: term portal jockey. Yes,
2: yes. <laughs> you would. Um, mm-hmm. go, back to your, go back to your question now, Matt. More now, models. More models. Sorry.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, well, I mean, yes, we've we've got um, more factions in the bag as we've mentioned before. We've got the Brotherhood, um, who we didn't get the chance to to fully re- fully realise through the Kickstarter. Beyond that, we've got the Travellers as well. Um, both of those factions are. Oh, that'll be Matt's uh, faction. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the Travellers are, you know, a, a departure from what we've done before. Very colourful, um, lots of uh, flowing lines to them. Um, that's Jeff's faction. So, Jeff, do you want to come in and talk a bit about the
0: Travellers? Uh, yeah, sure. They're, you know, Travellers, Gypsies, and whatnot. <laughs> <Traveling>. <laughs> oh
2: sell us jeff sell us wow. <laughs> thanks yeah, for
0: that um so Brilliant. you've got uh, it's like a traveling carnival um mm. type of thing you've got the leader is the ringmaster um you've got the the fortune teller who's just going to be chucking curses around at you and debuffing your stats and everything um and the familiar and the myth creature are both things that she can summon um, and then the the odd guy left is uh, what, the strong man who's coming at you with a big old hammer. Because, big old hammer.
5: <laughs> we have talked about the expansion of the factions themselves as well. So we've got a couple of character types locked down, such as specialists, um, which are guys built specifically to to be a you know a bit of a monster within the faction that are humanoid. Um, we've got the three quarter monsters which will be called legends. So we have the myths, which you've already been introduced to with the likes of Click Clack and Maharal. And they're the full blown monster. But a legend is just a, a slight slightly toned down version. Um, but still killable, you know, and really useful to pair up with a human to go and take on the bigger stuff. Uh, and then we had what was we were talking about um, literally a synergized group. Um, so for example um, the, they're going to be the grunts the henchmen um, where they work really well as teams but once one dies of the, say the three then they become a little less effective another one dies and become less effective so when all three are alive at the beginning of the game you know, you'd, you'd be cutting around it might be like for, for the hidden ones it'd be dock workers that have been twisted a bit by the Dockland Queen um, and you'd, you know, they'd work in synergies together as a team um, and that was something we were going to add. And we were going to talk to the community about which way to go, because a five-model faction and adding a model to each faction is essentially the, the same process. It's five mm. models. So that was going to be something we brought to the community.
1: Yeah. yeah. What do, you know, overall, which way what, would you like to see? Yeah, 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 exactly.
2: Well, so, so long as the um, this team one isn't actually deployed as a unit, but is just three individual models...
5: It is, yeah. You can buy, you'd be able to purchase one, which would then be just have a basic stat line and be like a familiar level. Then you could purchase two, which would bring them up, that both of them would be a bit stronger. So they'd be more like the, what we call the followers, the Berties, the Abigail's, the Fisherman Kings. And then when you bought three, they'd be not quite a leader, but they'd be like the three quarter monster. They'd be very tough and, and very useful um, as, as a group. Not necessarily having to move and have a synergy. Um, well, yeah, small, would, they, would, they, would they all
2: have their own separate AP? Yeah. they yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. not that...
5: individual characters. It'd just be their group dynamic would help and improve right. the team. Um, and it might be that some work really well in close proximity, like the Grubs do um, for the Custo Crypto, or it might be the opposite, where they, they work really well, you know, supporting each other from distances. Uh, mm-hmm. And we'd base that on each faction, on, on the character types that we choose. But ideally, Sounds a good. mixture of both
2: throughout yeah. the five faction range. Sure. And so, so is your initial expansion plan new factions, or is your initial expansion plan? I, I'm confused as to which way round you want to do it. Uh,
5: that was going to be something we brought to the community and asked the question of, because if the community, if there isn't enough backing in the community, and then people won't buy them anyway. So we were literally going to do a poll and talk to the community and, and mm. get some feedback from them. About what they'd want—an extra model for the pre-existing factions, or a new faction.
1: Okay, so those are the sorts of decisions we've got to make. In you know, not not being you know a, a huge a huge company yeah. in by yeah. any way, shape or form, you know, to to put an investment into a further five models. Um, we've got all the character art done for the Brotherhood. We've got all the character art done for um, the Travelers, um, but we'd have to invest in character art for. And we've got ideas, like, as I said, we've, we've got fully-fledged fl- ideas about characters within the factions existing, but we would, you know, it's, in all honesty, it's not a cheap process to bring one model from concept right the way through to production. It's, yep. you know, and, and timesing that by five or timesing that by ten, if people said that we want you to do both, can you give us an additional model and can we have a new faction as well? You know, we would love to be able to do that, um, and if people support us on the on the pre-order campaign, and if they support us post that in you know when we go to, to to full-on retail, that will give us the funds. In all honesty, to be able to do that.
2: Yeah, it's sell it's sell one and be able to buy another one from your yeah. end.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. So, what other plans have you got?
5: Campaigns well, so there's a new we'll...
2: campaign at the minute that's gonna
5: be on the playtesting group. The first part of it's gonna be on the playtesting group soon. Yeah. And it's probably it's like the first bit's like no other game I've played. <laughs> In that you 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 don't really although you're playing and you're fighting, you don't really have control of the outcome. It's just gonna be this outcome. So but there's an interesting method of doing it. In fact, Mark, go on, you, you could spill the beans as, a, as an exclusive to
1: it. Uh, this is very much an exclusive. Um, so, we, yeah, we we are working through the Sea Queen campaign, which we promised to people, and it's going to be a uh, free download, free PDF, um, and we're working to get that put together now. We've been working on it for some time. Uh, we, we're going to do it um, as a sort of nod to Lovecraft and, and all, the, all of the other authors that brought the mythos together in that we're going to do it as as a a sort of like a book style um, project. So you'll start off with a prologue Mm and there'll be chapters to play through and then there'll be an epilogue at the end. Um, The prologue we're working on is where the Sea Queen effectively hits landfall. Um, We've had to think very carefully about how we introduce her into the game. She is a demigod. She's the daughter of Cthulhu. Mm. Um, And so, you know, yeah, you can put her on the table and you know, she would just annihilate everything. And that, that's just the way she would be started. But what we've decided to do is introduce you to a, just a small element of what she can do. And that the prologue will be, um, you'll be setting up um, on a three by three table, the deployment line will be, you'll be setting up on an 18 inch line. Um, so 18 inch deployment line on one side, 18 inch deployment line on the other side. So you you guys are going to be facing off pretty much as near as you can get. Then there are two um, potential sea queen deployment spots, um, either either side of the um, board. So if you were to look in from from your from a player's perspective, there'd be a left hand side, it's six inches in from the centre, and on the right hand side there'll be a, another deployment, uh, six inches in on the centre line. Um, whoever scores the first blood victory condition gets to choose where to place the sea queen Um, and then once she's deployed um, each player activates but as soon as you've you've activated player one activates, player two activates and then the sea queen activates Mm. and then we have basically an AI table that you'll roll on um, to decide on what she's going to do and the the victory conditions is the the the, the faction with the last model standing wins
5: As she just walks through everything and smashes Mm. it up. Because you can't really stop it.
1: But she does that in new and interesting (laughs) ways.
5: Cool. So it's more of a... We call it the prologue because essentially you're not in control of this game other than the fight and trying to stack the odds in your favour to be the last person that she knocks down.
2: Yeah.
4: Yeah.
5: Um, But essentially it is just an introduction of her and how strong she actually is. She walks on and knocks everybody out. (laughs) cool
3: okay good i like the book idea a lot
5: so it's something a bit different and then each of the scenarios will lead into so essentially you'll be able to play through the scenarios and you can have a short campaign you can play it in different ways you can play where characters come back every time if you wanted to play it hardcore you could play it where if a character dies they die Um, again we're trying to give you as much scope to play or finish how you want within the uh, within the scenarios and the, the linked narratives that we're doing so you can play through once and have everything fight in every game and then you might go well that was cool why don't we try and you know do it a bit different and and just have it so that if you die you die but you can extract models or you can you know would we we're, we're there to give a framework i think we've talked about this before yeah. of a, of a rule set that you can play with and then the idea is to take what we initially have as a concept and and de- hopefully be a little bit inspired here and there with some of our scenarios and stuff, mm. and move forward and develop what you want to do because nearly every person has house rules. Yeah. So we're just there to give a mechanism of. Um,
1: You've listened uh, uh, to Mike and playing. Matt's podcast, haven't you?
3: Homebrew rules and
5: <laughs> I don't even. I imagine there's a big book of homebrew rules somewhere.
2: <laughs> No, we just, make,
3: just, we just make stuff up as we go along. It's dead easy.
5: That's it, and uh, you know that's that's kind of the ethos of what we're trying to bring as well. Uh, mm. Not that we're making stuff up as we go along. We do playtest a lot. Oh, well, we are.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> the
0: they don't need <laughs> to know that.
5: Damn it! Right, this is why we weren't going to bring Dom.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Dom tells it like it is. It, it's a process <laughs> like any other. Someone has an idea, and then we try and. Force that a bit of paper and give it to everyone to give it a go.
5: Yeah, and only by getting feedback from people do we ever get the chance to find out whether it was right or wrong, you know, and and what changes we want to make and what changes make sense and, and what changes we can, you know, take on board and move forward with
1: we do, you know we, you know, we do look at all the feedback, you know, people like you, you mentioned earlier, Dave, you know, we've read that, all, of, all five of us have read that post yeah. in, in a great deal uh, Ron, of detail.
5: Ron Senior actually came up with, we've actually recently changed the, that initial part of the campaign for the Sea Queen because one of his things was, well, I'm going to get a Sea Queen model, but she's just going to be a, like a, a, a non-entity in the game. She's just going to be on the table. I'm not going to be playing her. Mm. Uh, and although we've given an AI deck to it to make it fair, In this first game, um, she will be on the board. She will be, you know, somebody will be rolling dice for her, be it if you're the friendly or the enemy model at the time. Um, So essentially, you will be playing as the Sea Queen, as a demigod, walking around just kicking stuff up the arse.
3: Best place to kick things.
5: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Um, And moving forward, we're looking at other campaigns that are. Campaigns probably the wrong turn. Uh, narrative scenarios is probably yeah. what I'd prefer to call them. Um, I've got I've already got a couple of them down for the factions. It's called the getting the gang together. It's where you start with a single model in a in a setting. And you're trying to escape the setting and meet a second character of your faction, and gradually over five scenarios, you meet every model in your faction, and then have a bit of a you know a get together at the end and smash something up, and and you move forward into the game as 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 a method of getting used to the rules, learning your characters' abilities and how their synergies. We talked about synergies, how they work. So the character introduction process will be say the Professor being chased by cultists through the woods, and Bertie's at an airfield being a pilot at the end of the woods. So Mm -hmm. you might have a rolling board for that one, where you could play quite a long or short game, and you get to Bertie and the fuel's not in the plane, so one of you's got to protect the other while they fuel up the plane, and there's cultists coming in. And then if you both escape in the second scenario, you're in Egypt, and the guys are all starving, so they've decided to find Zeus and cook him on a spit. So the prof's really worried about the cat. He's off there trying to protect it. And so you meet Zeus and if they all three survive, you move on to the next one. You know, mm. you meet Abigail back in the US and then back to Maharal and, and that'd be our process of introducing you to all these characters. But hopefully going forward you'd go well, that was quite cool. Let's let's change the order and change what happens and make your own your own version of that then. And start yeah. with Maharal, and he meets the professor and tries to kill him, and the professor has to do something to keep himself alive. You know we want you to build stories with these things
2: okay cool
5: I'm all for story stuff hmm. yeah, and I think it's I, for me that 's the biggest part of what we 've done And most characters reflect what their background were, most of the skills and traits that you 'll see on their cards are totally related to you know Bertie being. That stiff-off-a-lip British man never wants to look bad in front of a lady, therefore he gets a re-roll if he's even in line of sight of Abigail because he do not want to look like a prat.
0: Okay.
1: I think as well, you know, um, taking on board people's feedback, you know, we think, we'll think...
5: Oh, oh, that oh. was enough on that, apparently.
1: Bye, Matt. <laughs> 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 I wanted to do that was for a minute.
2: What happened there?
1: Uh, Matt's gone. Huh. He
5: said he'd, he said he'd had enough in a very quiet voice.
1: Just, <laughs> just pulled the plug, I think. <laughs> Good old Skype. <Scott. laughs> yeah, just on the, you know, we. I think what we'd like to do as well when we look at character development um, for the individual factions, and you know, potentially if we we be able, we manage to get the the new factions off the ground is. Uh, to, to listen to what people are saying, maybe, maybe really think about some extremes, um, and, and, you know, really go into town with some of the stats. Um, you know, we, we did balance the factions. You know, we, we weren't playing, you know, when we were doing the playtesting, we weren't doing sort of one faction on one faction and they're done and move on. We, we, we tried the best we could to balance them against every faction. And I think, out of that, that we may well have missed some of the extremes that we could have could have possibly
0: done yeah um another thing is we've probably been a little bit guilty throughout the design process of uh, just taking things that we as gamers don't particularly like that give or have the potential to give a negative gaming experience and we've tried to take some of those out and Mm. possibly gone a little bit too far and taken too many of them out
5: yeah, Dom's Wildborn at one point could pretty much fight all other four factions and win.
0: Mm. And I, mean, I saw
5: it as a problem for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we I think we've we strove for balance so much that maybe we overdid it. Um, but that's good, because we're starting to see that in the feedback, and then we, we're reassessing it because of that mm. as well. Um, I don't think we'll do any knee-jerk reactions yet, because we need to get a, a wider... Um, yeah. a wider uh, audience sample. of
3: that feedback. And for a lot, of, a lot of people they will be like us. They may have played one or two games and that's arguably, it gives you a first impression but that may not be enough to, I mean you know, I completely played the Golem wrong for the first game so I can't really judge on how well a developed character is if I'm bloody playing it wrong and I, I'm guessing there'll be other people out there who have had that same experience that will need two or three games to, to really get to grips with the mechanics, but also the the how those different characters work and perhaps the synergies that we, myself and Mike, didn't necessarily see the first time around. But I started to see reading the cards afterwards that yes. I would probably bring into the game the second and third time around.
5: Yeah, I think for us, we found a big part of, like we were saying before, the terrain, multi-level terrain. Because mm. we base ours in quite a lot of 1920s buildings, which were generally at least one tier. Some of them were two tier and higher. And having line of sight to a familiar that's in a window that can then see down onto a model that's past that building is essentially firing around corners. Yeah. Uh, so there
3: was,
5: there was a number of things we didn't really realize until we played on certain terrain. Or certain scenarios. Uh, objectives is another thing we talked about. You didn't spend all your Mythos. In nearly every Objective game, it costs you Mythos to interact or pick up or you know, move through portals. So everything you spent in the game you played, bearing in mm. mind Mythos doesn't cost an AP, um, you could probably add one or two for every time you spent Mythos. So yeah. you really start to rack up your, your SAM levels.
2: All right, well we've been talking for a while so I think we ought to bring it to an end to be honest yeah um, so have you got anything else that you'd like to uh, say before we we say farewell
1: uh not just a big thank you to all the backers you know thanks for believing this thanks for, for for sticking with us for the last sort of 12 13 months um hope you like what you've got um we did you know we did deliver on time we did what we said we were going to do Um, and, you know, support's going forward, and we'll be able to bring new characters, new factions, and campaigns to life. We won't be able to do that, you know, um, unless we get the support.
2: Cool. Yeah. Right, then. So this should be be entertaining. Um, Uh, uh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Right, it's it's all down to you, because I can easily go, um, I've been Mike,
5: I thought that was a reason to just stay silent then, and just leave it there.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I've been Dom.
2: Thank you, Dom.
0: I, I've been Mark.
5: Oh, I cut him off. <laughs> I've been Gareth.
0: I've been Jeff.
3: I've stopped listening. Is it just me left now? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I've been Matt.
2: See, this will be seamless when I cut out all the bits in the, in the mean. It will all. Be, it will you won't be slick. It at all. Beautiful. <laughs>
3: Just <laughs> top and tail it, and chuck it out the same as normal. <laughs> bye bye. Bye. See you Bye-bye. later. Bye-bye.
2: You can contact Fools Daily on Twitter, we're at fools_daily, or via email FoolsDaily at Outlook.com.